Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Hello, and welcome to the Story Night Podcast. I'm Jessica, and this is our third episode of this brand new podcast. To learn about the history, value, and purpose of the Story Night ministry, please check out our first two episodes. Our guest tonight is Deanie Dalton. So welcome, Deanie. Thank you. It's a delight to be here. I have to say, I really love how you tell people how to pronounce your name. Oh, do you? <laughs> I thought that was so great. Um, as as a teacher who often, you know, you, you get a list of students, um, especially when I go to different schools, and you just never really know how to pronounce it. It's helpful. It is. Yeah. yeah. Would you tell everyone how you teach people how to say your name? I, I would. My, um, I just tell people it's Dini, like Houdini without the who. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It's a really I love it. Story about that is that my daughter was fully grown before she realized what her mama was saying. <laughs> was so that's kind of fun. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, Deanie, we're gonna kind of follow the same format for every episode from this point forward, where we uh, ask each guest to give sort of a surface level introduction. This is the introduction of a woman that pretty much anyone would know from either social media or just, you know, meeting you in passing. And then we want to talk about just how you're doing with the current situation, the current pandemic, but then let you really tell your real story because we all have stories that go uh, much deeper than a social media page or a hello, how are you? Here's me in three sentences. Yeah. And then just closing out with some encouragement and prayer. So that's, that's our plan for the day. And I'm so grateful that you're doing this with us. So let's get started at Dini, like Houdini. Will you please give just your basic surface level introduction if someone uh, just met you for the first time? Yes, of course. Um, obviously, I'm Dini, and I uh, am a fairly new member to the church at Menville. I jo- joined in October of, uh, um, I guess it was 17 now. Uh, so I've been here a year and a half, and enjoying being here. I moved up here from Denver in order to be close to my kids and uh, my two grandbabies. So uh, I love to garden and I love to watch good old movies and um, just been teaching a long time and I'm enjoying retirement a great deal. Now, the fact that you are retired and the fact that you're living close to family now, I imagine that has played into how your life is going right now. So we kind of expect that everyone has been affected by the pandemic in some way. So how have you been affected? What, what struggles are you facing? And do you have any unexpected, uh, maybe or surprise blessings in the midst of all this? Yeah, I, I have, I still can't believe that we're in this place. You know, just just the whole scenario seems so twilight zone-ish, really. But I've been handling it quite well. Thankfully, my daughter, my youngest daughter, and her two children are sequestered away with me. So I'm not forced to spend day after day after day on my own. But uh, so my day is filled with dirty diapers and two-year-old tantrums and bottle feedings and chasing after uh, little feet everywhere. So yeah, the the days are really full. I fall into the bed exhausted at night and I'm thankful for that. 
I'm getting to build um, bonds with my grandbabies that a lot of people wouldn't have the opportunity to do. In fact, a lot of my friends with their grandbabies haven't been allowed to see them since all of this started. And uh, I know one of them said that we had to wave at our granddaughter from the car, you know, or whatever it happened to be instead of getting to do what I'm getting to do. Uh, I'm really blessed that the Lord orchestrated it in such a way that I'm not alone and that I'm getting to be with these babies and build these memories um, in this time. What a huge, huge blessing. A lot of us are experiencing kind of the polar opposite of what some of our peers are experiencing with this. And you mentioned how God has orchestrated this season. And I imagine he's orchestrated all of your seasons. Um, So with that, I know a little bit of your story and I know that parts of your story are going to really resonate with some people, especially in the current lifestyle that a lot of us have right now. Um, So with that, I'd just like to invite you to, to dive in and tell us your story. All righty, I will do. I will do. You know, my story has uh, always kind of revolved around one central scriptural truth, and that is Romans eight twenty eight. All things work for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. I have just, for as long as I can remember, been a Christian, uh, and that Bible verse, I guess from the very beginning, has been something that I can look back and go, oh my goodness, isn't God good? He is working every detail to his glory. And I, I thank him for that verse and that how that uh, has lived out throughout my life. I became a Christian when I was somewhere around four or five years old. Um, my mom said that I was laying in bed one night and called out and said, Mama, I just asked Jesus into my heart. And this is not such a memory, uh, a memory that I have as much as I have a memory of the story that she's told me throughout the years of my salvation. However, I do remember that shortly after that I was baptized and my mom was baptized with me. She decided to rededicate her life and be baptized at the same time I was. So that's kind of this little anchoring point for me uh, about when, when my walk with the Lord began. Ever since then, some 58 years ago, I have felt a deep draw toward things, the things of the Lord. Not, now, that doesn't mean that my story is one of perfection. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite. I'm as faulty and sinful as anyone. Uh, however, my story isn't flashy. It doesn't have a miraculous conversion to it. It's simply a story of God's faithfulness as I've plotted my way throughout the decades. When I graduated high school, I thought that the very next step for me would be that I would get married and have babies. That's what my mom had done, and that's just what I thought that I would do. Um, But, of course, that was far from what God had planned for me. It was a time of personal and professional growth, but a time of deep loneliness. I had lots of great friends and managed to stay busy in my church single adult ministry activities, but through it all, I was really mourning the fact especially especially toward the end of that time period, I was mourning the fact that God just didn't seem to answer my plea concerning being married and being the mother that I longed to be. Um, the year after I graduated from high school, I floundered around aimlessly taking on odd jobs and babysitting for different people uh, until this really generous older couple saw more to my future than I did. And they offered to pay for my first year of college. And it accidentally 
providentially began my training for uh, my lifelong career, and that was to be a teacher. I don't remember ever receiving a call to become a teacher, but when I look back, there's no doubt in my mind that I did have a call and that it, I was doing exactly what God had planned for me all along. Uh, I, I can prove that because I taught for 31 years. Can you believe that? It makes me sound ancient. Uh, as I've already said, the years following my graduation from college were uh, years of longing, longing for a home, a husband, and children. And over and over again, God was just silent about that desire. Uh, it was a really lonely time. But just after I turned 29, I finally came to a place where I just kind of threw up my hands and said, okay, Lord, I give up. Whatever you want for me, I accept it. But you're going to have to make me content with not being a wife and mom. And wouldn't you know it, that was the time I met my future husband. I had just moved to Amarillo, Texas from a small Texas panhandle town where I'd been teaching. Tim and I met in uh, Sunday school at our church there in Amarillo. And he was attractive and attentive and he was kind and eager to do whatever it was that I was going to be doing just so he would be near me. Uh, he really swept me off my feet and I was smitten. I thought Tim hung the moon and I was obviously cert uh, absolutely certain rather that he was the man God had prepared for me all those years. We married nine months after our first date it was a beautiful day and a fabulous celebration for a day and season of my life that I thought would never come. Two years after that, I, well, we welcomed our first daughter, Sarah. Uh, and then 19 months later, we welcomed our youngest daughter, Maddie. And I was an ecstatic mama. I had waited so long to find, finally hold on to those babies. And I quit teaching in order to stay at home. Uh, which was a calling I was thrilled to answer. Looking back now, I can, I can say that that was the most wonderful years of my life. My girls were a blessing to me from the day that they were born. In our seventh year of marriage, Tim lost his job for the first time, and he was unemployed for seven long months. He was determined not to leave Amarillo, uh, the town of his birth, but after months of no leads and dead-end leads, he finally sought a place outside of Texas and landed a job in Denver, Colorado. I was thrilled to be moving to the mountains, a realization of a lifelong dream for me because I loved the mountains and was tickled pink to get to live so close to them. They're so beautiful there. This is when the Lord and his infinite and generous love brought about an amazing lifelong gift for me. He led me into uh, Christian education. The cost of living in Denver was so much higher than it was in Texas that I had to go back to work. I had been praying for over a year about what to do for Sarah as she was getting ready to start kindergarten. And our move to Denver was no accident or luck-driven event. I know that God was at work answering my prayer by placing us right across the street from a family who had just put their children into a fairly new Christian school. I was talking to uh, this parent about my need to go back for a teaching position, and she said, well, we're just praying for a third-grade teacher at our little school. And I giddily responded, I love third grade. So I reached out to this little school. They'd only been in um, 
been around for about two years. So if we'd come earlier, I would have missed that opportunity. Or if we'd come later, they might not have needed a new third grade teacher. It's all such a God thing. But I reached out to them. They hired me. Uh, I had never taught in a Christian school before. I was an old uh, Texas um, public school teacher. And I was clueless about a lot of what happened in a Christian school and how a Christian worldview played out, and even what it really was. And my really thick Texas accent didn't get in the way. I got countless ribbings about it from staff members and from parents and sometimes even from the kids. But uh, yet they took a chance on this old rough uh, Texan. And I... I still tear up when I think about how God's divinely led us to Front Range and my family to that school at that particular time in life. Um, he's so wonderful. And that school has become such a wonderful, powerful, uh, deeply rooted place for me, um, especially through all of the hardships that we went through in the years to follow since being a part of, of, um, of Front Range. My family uh, had only been in Denver a few short weeks, and there I was with my new teaching position. My daughter had a kindergarten to go to. The lady who led me to Front Range Christian School agreed to babysit my youngest daughter, and we were on our way to being a part of that Christian family and, and really finding um, a special place of belonging. During the next 20 years in Denver, our little family experienced some really painful things. My parents divorced after 40 years of marriage, and I, that was such a hard time. Our church family split about the same time, within months of that happening. Uh, my oldest daughter developed panic attacks that brought about her inability to sleep at night. And then I developed rheumatoid arthritis, which completely debilitated me for over a year. Then you add in that my husband endured at least seven separate periods of unemployment during those, um, those years. All of them lasted seven months or longer. The last one lasted well over a year. Uh, as I'm sure everyone knows, this kind of stress is extremely hard on a marriage and on a home. Tim found each period of unemployment more and more emotionally taxing and he became more and more unhappy in every area of his life. His health declined due to the stress, and he developed type 2 diabetes. In the last 10 years of our marriage, he endured a great deal of time in doctor's offices and hospital beds and wound care clinics and surgical procedures. And if he endured all of that, I had to walk that road with him, too. I endured it as well. So it was, it was hard on both of us. In the last year and a half that we were together, Tim had to have heart stents just prior to starting uh, what would be a year and a half of diabetes, uh, dialysis rather, due to diabetic kidney failure. He had to sit in a chair three to four hours a day, three days a week. This was excruciating to Tim, physically, mentally, and emotionally. He was not a sit still kind of a guy. He had to be up and moving, going and blowing. And as a side note, let me just say that my heart goes out to dialysis techs and nurses. They have this thankless job of caring for people who really hate being in that chair. God bless them for what they do. 
I also uh, want to spend a few minutes just talking about how God provided for our family throughout those seemingly endless bouts of unemployment. Over and over again, we could see, uh, we would see a new need arise. For example, we needed to pay a bill or we needed groceries or the girls needed some new dress or for a dance or for a prom or we had absolutely nothing to give our girls for Christmas. That happened more than once. Or there were school needs that we could not provide for uh, for our kids. And I'll tell you over and over again, I would go to my mailbox in the teacher's office to find an envelope full of cash or someone who would gift us with gift cards for groceries or someone who would give us a sack of gently used clothing for our girls or someone who would give us a sack of, um, I'm sorry, or someone who would hire Tim to help with a computer need and then making it possible for us to, to meet those needs. Our girls never went without Christmas, even though we would come right up to the end thinking it's not going to be much this year. So God provided in all of those ways. One year at Easter, I truly had no idea what we were going to have for our Easter dinner because we had no money to purchase what we would normally have bought. After praying for God to provide just a few days before Easter, this wonderful parent walked into my classroom and set a sack of food items, pardon me, on the back counter. She said, Happy Easter, and turned and walked away. In the bag were green beans, potatoes, and some other staple items, along with a gift card to Honey Baked Ham. I shall never forget that not only did God provide for our meal through the generosity of this little mama, but he provided the exact thing that my family loved the most at Easter, a honey-baked ham. Isn't that just like God? His faithfulness and loving provision for our family during those dark days has have bolstered my faith on countless occasions since. If he cares enough to provide not only for our need, but also for our desires, I think I can rest in the truth that he loves me and that he will care for me in every area of life. I bet many of the ladies who end up listening to this podcast will have stories such as mine, especially as we're walking through this time when so many people are losing their jobs because of this pandemic. I cannot wait to hear some of their stories in the weeks ahead, too. The last two years of Tim's life, um, he received disability. And on days that he didn't have dialysis to go to, he was faced with the task of trying to fill the empty hours that he had while I was working full time. Uh, I just want to add here to the fact that Tim got approved for disability the very first time he applied for it is yet another example of God's provision, his unmerited favor and provision for me and my family. Uh, I've been told by so many people on disability, no one ever gets approved the first time. And yet Tim was. Such a mighty and generous God. I'm so thankful. So back to what I was saying. Uh, I would come home wiped out from a long day of teaching. You know how that feels. And I would find that he was bored and unhappy. And many times he was in need of support and encouragement that I simply didn't have the energy to give to him. Needless to say, our relationship was strained and we were both very unhappy, far more often than not. 
In October of 2015, our daughter, Sarah, moved to Portland with her husband. He had graduated from college in May, and the two of them had moved in with Tim and I for about four months until he could find a job. Now, our youngest had already moved up to Portland about four years before that, where she married her, um, her now husband, and she was already living up here at the time. So seeing the fact that God moved Sarah and Brandon to the same city, 1,500 miles away from Denver, so that they were now less than 30 minutes apart from one another is an, an, another miraculous provision of God, which will especially play out later when um, after Tim passes away. But um, that's time for another story. I think I can tell that another time. Sarah and Brandon, uh, we, were, we were heartbroken. Tim and I were heartbroken uh, at their moving away. They had helped to buffer so much of the tension in our home. Uh, we both hated uh, the idea of them leaving. So now it was just the two of us in all of our, our misery. One month after Sarah and Brandon moved, um, about two weeks before Thanksgiving, Brandon's grandmother passed away. She lived outside of Denver, about two hours. So Sarah and Brandon decided to fly back to Denver that weekend for the funeral. We picked them up at the airport and spent uh, a couple of hours or an hour. It was late at night, so we were all tired. But we picked them up at the airport and spent a few hours together. And that was Tim's 54th birthday. So Sarah got to celebrate her daddy's last birthday with him for a bit. Uh, they stayed with us until the next morning and then headed up to Buena Vista outside of Denver to be with his family before the funeral on Sunday. Tim and I had decided that we would drive up Sunday morning uh, and attend the funeral, stay for the family reception, and then we would drive the kids back to the airport that evening so they could fly back to Portland. Little did we know that just minutes after arriving at the funeral site, Tim had a massive heart attack and died. On the previous Thursday evening, just four days earlier, I had cried out to the Lord that I could not take much more of the unhappiness that I was experiencing at home. And on the following night, Friday, following a particularly long and hard dialysis, Tim told me that he did not know how much more of this he could take. Don't you know that God must have smiled just a little bit at hearing the two of us express that. I, I can almost hear him say, uh, my child, just hang on a little bit longer. I have not forgotten either of you. That Sunday afternoon in the heart of the mountains of Colorado, Tim received complete and perfect healing. And I found myself free for the first time from the strain and stress of an unhappy marriage. Still get a little choked up about that. Please don't misunderstand me. I did and still do love Tim. We were married for 27 and a half years, and we had two beautiful children together. Uh, on more than one occasion, I had asked God to let me divorce Tim. And uh, every time I asked that question, he gave me the same loud and unmistakable answer. No, Danny, this is not what I want you to do. This is where you need to be. And even though things were hard between Tim and I, and it showed no sign of ever being anything other than it was, I knew that God had me right where he wanted me to be, with Tim 
in Denver at Front Range Christian School. I was surrounded by friends who loved me and encouraged and supported me every step of the way. My grief at Tim's passing was not so much a grief at the loss of him and his company and companionship, but it was a very real grief uh, at the loss of hope of anything ever being different in our relationship. It was just not going to happen. After his passing, I went through a season of really intense anger toward Tim. And I think that's pretty normal for a lot of people who are walking through a healing process after they've suffered a loss. But I'm glad to say that God did not leave me there uh, for long. Being able to, to let go of that anger and hurt has allowed me to miss him, to mourn the fact that he is not here and able to enjoy the many blessings that I'm enjoying uh, in these last few years. And it enables me to smile when I look at my grandchildren and I still see Tim's face in, (laughs) see his face in theirs. So um, as painful as it was, there are still sweet things to be drawn out from that experience and our and our struggle together. I'm thankful for that healing. It's been four years now that since Tim's died, and I can rejoice in the fact that one day I will see Tim again and that this next meeting will be all that I have I have ever longed for our relationship to be in the years that we were together. I know it's going to be perfect. It's going to be free from bitterness, those hurtful words and actions that we were both guilty of, those hateful glances and ugly retorts that we were both guilty of will be erased and they will be replaced with complete and utter forgiveness and love. That is something I look forward to. I look forward to that a lot. There's going to be a lot of joy for both of us when we see each other again. He's not going to be mad at me (laughs) any more than I'm going to be mad at him. Uh, It'll be a real and lasting joy, too, not dependent upon our circumstances. So I truly look forward to this reunion and uh, can think back to those unhappy years and let them go with full and total forgiveness because one day our relationship will be perfect and whole and beautiful and holy. If there is anyone out there who finds herself in a similar place as I have experienced, either feeling trapped in an unhappy marriage or struggling with guilt over feeling a sense of freedom after the death of a family member, or you are single and you're mourning daily the emptiness of your home and your heart, just let me say this one thing. God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't deserted you. He's there holding on to you, caressing you, caring for you, and saying again and again that you are his. I know that he's doing that for you because he did it for me. He is the husband and the lover and the friend and the father that I've always longed for. And I know he's that for others as well. He's at work in ways that you can't see right now, working all things for your good and for his glory. So I just want to encourage you to hold on to him. To seek his face and you will find it time and time again in the middle of so much of my heartbreak, both during 
both before, during, and after my marriage, I should say. I would just beg the Lord to hold me and cuddle in close to me in much-needed tender embraces and I and to remind me of his love and nearness. And over and over again, he did just that. I could feel his arms engulfing me, huddling while I was huddling underneath the covers of my bed. It was as if he was right there with me, holding me tight. Uh, and if he can do that lovingly and faithfully and gently, for me, I know he can do that for others. I could go on and on telling you about how I came to live here in McMinnville and many other blessings that God has given me, but we'll have to just kind of pause it for that. Deanie, thank you so much for, for diving deeper. I mean, some of the story I knew, some of it I didn't. And I imagine a lot of our listeners who have met you before will feel the same. I know that there are so many other women out there at different ages and life stages who really resonate with one or more parts or chapters of your story. And that's part of the reason why we share them is for that me too moment when the listener realizes she's not alone, she's not the only one who has felt that or thought that. And I think one thing that is uh, so common, at least at least with the women I've spoken with, and myself included, is the experience of feeling guilty or ashamed of the feelings. Yeah. That you feel something over a set of circumstances, but then feel like you shouldn't feel that. And it just kind of goes in this vicious cycle. So as we kind of start to wrap up, you know, I, I just think back to the stages that you had that are so common to so many that longing for the husband, waiting for that moment, watching everybody else yes. go before you, yes. thinking, why not me? When's it my turn? The stage of the unemployment what is going to happen tomorrow? How are we going to be provided for? We lose our, our home. Yeah, we lose our home. Will we have food to feed our children? I, I totally resonate with all of that. Absolutely. And I, and I think sometimes we wrestle between trying to take full control and solve everything ourselves, being too prideful to take help or tell anyone we need anything, uh, to the other extreme of, well, I'm just not going to do anything. I'll sit here and wait for God to walk through the door with a package that's got a pretty bow on it. And then the experience that you had of being a caretaker within a marriage that wasn't happy. And the feelings that you had after his passing and how that changed your life. There are just so many chapters. And, and I know there are more chapters to your story. But as we, you know, again, as we kind of wrap up, what, and you actually did quite an amazing job throughout your story giving just words of encouragement to those who might relate to you. But are there kind of summarizing points? Is there anything else that you haven't yet said that you want to? share with the listener, maybe the woman who's listening right now with tears falling down her face that really said me too. Yeah, I do. I have just four things that for me have given me strength and hope and um, peace in the midst of hardships. Just all again, related back to my life's verse, Romans eight twenty eight, And it's, um, uh, 
just four quick points. So the first one is nothing can thwart God's plan for his children. Uh, you know, I can honestly look back over my life and say that at every step, God was at work leading me and my family to the exact place he wanted us to be time and time again. The fact that I married Tim, I don't know if that was God's perfect will for me or if it was his permissive will. I may never know that. But I can tell you that God used my marriage to bring good to me. I am who I am today, in part due to Tim. I have two beautiful daughters, their sweet husbands, and my adorable grandchildren because I was Tim Dalton's wife. I live where I live, and I have the friends that I have, both old and new, in part because of the life I led with Tim. I was able to take early retirement because I was a widow, and I am able to pay my bills because of Tim and his provision for me. All of this reminds me daily that nothing thwarts God's plan to bring good out of whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. So that's the first one. My second one is that God meets the needs of his children. It's just a reminder that he provided for me and my family time and time again. Many of those times centered around the love and care of the Front Range Christian School community and their generosity. Many others revolve around seemingly circumstantial events that just happen to work in my favor. Of course, I don't doubt for a minute that they too were gifts of provision for me from the hand of a loving father. So I challenge uh, each of you to keep watching for God's gifting each day. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will see them if you'll just look for them. Third, God is always working behind the scenes to bring good to his children. It's that behind the scenes thing that makes it so hard for us so often. Uh, but when we look back, it's so easy to see God's hand at work uh, when you're out of the crisis, isn't it? Looking back over my own life, I can see how God steered us along the way long before we knew what was to come. I see that it, in the fact that Sarah and Brandon were with me uh, when Tim died. I see that in the fact that Tim had to be unemployed for seven months before we would move to Denver. I see that in the fact that I live in McMinnville today, close to my kids and able to love all my grandbabies up close and personal. So every step to this has led me to where I am today. I can count on him to be at work right now, whether I see it or not, to bring about what lies ahead because of what I have seen him do in the past. And there's so much peace in that truth for all of us, isn't there? And the last thing I think for me is just realizing that all of the things that I've stated before bolster my faith in the face of uncertainty. Um, we live in an uncertain time. I, I still, as we spoke about earlier, cannot believe we are living through days that we're living right now. I would never have thought that the United States would experience something like this yet. Because I know the God who cannot have his plans thwarted, who faithfully and generously meets the needs of his children, and who is always working behind the scenes to accomplish his plan for us, I can rest in complete faith, knowing he's going to work 
all of this for our good and to his glory. And I just thank him for that so much. Thanks for listening to my story. I appreciate it and the opportunity of being able to share it. Thank you. Danny, we are so grateful that you took the time to do this. I think it's a beautiful thing for all women to do, especially if you are finding yourself right now with a little extra time on your hands to Mm -hmm. sit down and go back and write out your life story. It doesn't mean you have to send it to me or come on the podcast, but it just is a therapeutic exercise and just very uh, clarifying to go back and sort of see the hand of God in your story and just kind of understand the author a little bit better almost by going back and and writing it all out. So I just want to thank you for your vulnerability, for sharing, uh, for letting others enter into your story. And I know that there are probably many that had we been able to do this in our traditional way where you were on a stage and 200 plus women were there, you may have a line, you may have had a line of women lined up to talk with you or meet you or ask to go to coffee or, or ask for, I don't know, just some more time, some mentorship, that, that relationship. I and it. so I, I wanted to just put this out there that if if you do go to the Calvary Mac website, calvarymac.com, there's so many ways to find those connections. And it doesn't matter if, if you're part of Calvary Mac or even live in Oregon, you can still find ways to get connected with other women and just to either share your story or find a mentor or a new friend or just some resources to be women connected, sharing stories and uh, having fellowship and living life together, being real. And we have that. So as we close, uh, Dini, I would love to ask you to pray. I would love to. For, for everybody, but particularly the listeners who uh, especially identified with your story. It'd be my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Father God, thank you so much for the love that you pour upon your people. Thank you that you call us and woo us and beckon us to come and be your children, that you are ever aware of us, ever aware of our struggle, ever aware of our our deepest pain and grief and doubt and fear or unhappiness. Thank you, Father, that you know us and that you love us just the same. In fact, you probably love us even more because of how frail and and broken we are. I praise you for that. I pray that you would be with those um, who are listening right now that are struggling and hurting and wondering where you are in the midst of their, their day in and day out struggle. And I ask Father God that you would tap them oh so gently on the shoulder and wrap your arms around. Your word promises us that you hem us in behind and before. So Father, I pray that you would make that hemming aware, make us aware of it. Father, help us to feel you wrapping yourself around us and holding us in the still of the night, in the heat of the battle, wherever we find ourselves. Remind us that we are yours and that you are so close and so eager to bring peace and comfort and even joy in the midst of what we're walking through. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we've had this time together. And I ask, Father, that you would bless it to the nourish, 
to the nourishment of the spirits of those who might listen. And Father, we'll give you the praise and the glory for what you accomplished through it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Deanie. It was my pleasure. And just know, listeners, ladies, we are praying for you, whether or not we've met you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope that this podcast is a blessing to you and anyone you might want to share it with. So until next time, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back with a new story to share with each of you. Good night. The Story Night Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com women. Mm-hmm.